to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy, and I am here today with Andy and Steve. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Great. Great Wonderful. to be here. Yeah, good to be good. with you, man. Welcome back. Wait, me? Was I gone? I guess technically I was. I was here last <laughs> week. It just was the Mother's Day takeover. And I do want to give a shout out to the moms because mm. they did a phenomenal job last week. And I know for, for them, hopping on a podcast I mean, this is something we do every week, but for them to hop on the podcast just randomly uh, and one just one and gun and to do such a great job, uh, we appreciate it so, so much. And I know people enjoyed the podcast. I know Jasmine enjoyed having that conversation. So mm-hmm. I, I want to also give a special shout out to all of those that attended the Leadership Summit Ontario. It's been about two weeks since we held it um, out in the Muskoka Woods at Camp Madiba. Shout out to the Camp Madiba staff once again. It was such an unbelievable uh, event. And, you know, we got lots of feedback from you guys in regards to uh, the summit and how we can make it better. And we really appreciate that. But on that note, Troy, I heard it was an amazing, it was an amazing event. Yeah, 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 yeah. well, no, <laughs> I wasn't like saying Everybody's like, man, this event sucked, man. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, dude, this, the, the feedback we got was, it was incredible. No, I think I was, I was, I was trying to walk in humility, Andy, but the, um, <laughs> the responses. Maybe too much humility. <laughs> <laughs> the responses were great and it's very, very encouraging. We're excited, um, to be moving forward with doing another one and, making it bigger and better every every time we do it. So thank you guys once again. Shout out to Leadership Summit Ontario. Well, and I got to give a shout out to you, Troy, and to Wes, uh, uh, particularly Wes uh, out there leading in Ontario. Uh, you guys you guys crushed it. Well done. And uh, yeah. Thanks, man. Glad to hear it went so well. Andy, you've been on the move quite a bit the, the past couple of weeks. Like, your life is a consistent whirlwind. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, it has been lately. We've been having just so, so many opportunities to interact with, with people from, yeah, th- this last week, I had four speaking engagements this last week alone. And one week, everyone. Yeah, one sometimes week. You just got to tone that down. You just got to tone that down a bit. We, you know, it's interesting though. One of the things we're trying hard to do is just let people know what we're up, what we're up to. Because, mm. and if you see us, you know, posting about what we're up to, it's not because we're like, man, look at us. It's just like, hey, look at look at the great stuff God's doing yeah, uh, in and right. through in and through AC. But we, I had one of my favorite speaking engagements this last week. I love getting the opportunity to speak to pastors. I spoke mm. at. Uh, the Foursquare Convention out in Whistler, but you know, getting to speak out in Whistler alone—that's that's great in and of itself. But <laughs> pastors and Why? Whistler, come on! Why, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> so it was—you know—there were hundreds of pastors from around Canada, and I just counted it as an honor, a blessing to get a uh, encourage them, equip mm. the church in such a practical way. But it was an incredible time, great engagement. You know, just very, very encouraging as Apologize Canada just has just such cool opportunities and yeah. loved it. Sometimes they're very humbling, by the way. Then I spoke this last week at a, at a youth conference and my son was, uh, was with me, <laughs> you know, trying <laughs> to be, on. exactly, man, right. trying to be hip and with it as your son's oh, God, I'm not going to follow Jesus. 
<laughs> no, my son, my, truthfully, my kids are so, so encouraging. Uh, so good. Yeah, I will say, by the way, uh, as a pastor, here's a here's a pro tip for any of you pastors. Uh, I paid my children uh, $2, <laughs> $2 every time I mentioned them in a sermon. And it's interesting the effect that had on them as a kid because they loved listening to my sermons, man, because they just saw dollar signs. They're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's a cheek. laughs> this is the real prosperity gospel. That this is the real. Is the real. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Man, Steve, we got we to gotta get out your way, man. But we're just waiting for Alberta to get, you know, warmer for longer than one month out of the year. <laughs> and to stop burning. <laughs> yeah, stop, stop burning. burning. Never mind. Yeah, it's warm. Got My a bad. lot of uh, a lot of smoke coming this way right now, and mm. I heard because of jet streams and all that kind of stuff, this smoke is going all the way to the uh, north east side of the united states so oh they're seeing gosh. our haze over here wow. well and i talked so, to somebody yeah, from winnipeg yesterday and they were getting smoke oh my word yeah and really the fire there's one fire like maybe half hour's drive away from where i am like just west of here and we have friends that are that have evacuated from their homes and some thirty thousand oh people displaced so yeah, there's a reason Alberta declared a state of emergency. So pray yeah, for us. No kidding. Um, it's definitely yeah. those moments where you are so reminded of the need for community and the need for the need for people, yeah. which you know, in part, is is what kind of gets us into our conversation today mm-hmm. in our desire for maintaining the human experience in relation to the this new world of technology, specifically in AI, AI enhancement. And, you know, I'm sure there's many people that could find positive things about it, but there's also some really concerning things that we just wanted to, you know, have a conversation about that today and and just remind ourselves, man, okay, we need people. We we really need people and we cannot forsake people. You know, it's interesting. I've been getting more and more people coming up to me asking me uh, about AI and they're, they're really concerned by technology. And I think not just concerned, but maybe a better word would just be disturbed by, Mm. you know, what technology is able to do. I guess I'm not quite as disturbed because I spent the last five years uh, doing my PhD and, well, not these last five years, I guess. I finished in 2021, but I I had five years of of looking into that, delving into that, and particularly uh, a, a large chunk of my dissertation dealt with AI. And seeing, you know, what what it's capable of and what what advancements are happening and, and how those are taking place. And so it's kind of interesting, you know, we've been talking on AI for a long time uh, with AI, with AC, <laughs> all these acronyms uh, with AC. But it's it seems like right now this is really touching culture in a big way that it's kind of like uh, technology. It's been there for a while. but people are really starting to see the implications and asking mm-hmm. some some of those bigger questions that that we should have been asking a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there is a certain level of disturbance that comes from seeing something that is starting to resemble us more and more. Mm-hmm. And we can't help but think of Skynet, let's say, right? <laughs> Terminator's this, coming, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. With you know, fully equipped with the Australian uh, Austrian accent and everything, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of alarming 
at the accuracy of some of these things, you know, and like where they're going and how fast they're going. Can, right. I mean, it was. Can we be honest, though, Troy? Like, I know it's concerning, but don't, isn't there some, some like true joy that's found in like watching <laughs> Schwarzenegger, you know, like, I don't know if you've seen these AI videos with like Schwarzenegger singing to the sound of music oh, yeah, like, or <laughs> see, see there, there is some delight to it. Yeah. I will not lie. I mean, well, we, we talked about this originally when we were to, um, the, the BMW vehicle that, right. you know, D, uh, D, yeah, BMW D, and we saw Arnold Schwarzenegger, and we're like, well, this is kind of confusing, but I guess I understand what they're doing. And I, wa- I just wonder what it's like for him, right? Because <laughs> he's like, I'm too old to do this, but I guess you can now use the AI. <laughs> now, he's, now he's everywhere, all over again, and people are like, ah, you're relevant. But there's probably some people that are seeing him for the first time. Like, I don't get it. He's got a funny voice, though. So yeah. well, I don't know how he feels. <laughs> well, well, we thought Terminator was what was going to happen. You know, robots coming from the future to get us. But really what's happening. I robot. Yeah. Is it's just memes yeah. that are coming with Schwarzenegger's voice and, uh, and they're glorious. <laughs> they truly are they, glorious. They, they are. They, are. <laughs> they can be just as lethal, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but Hey, you know, I, I was thinking though, with, all these movies, sci-fi movies especially, right? When we talk about artificial intelligence or machines that can quote unquote think, you know, we we often look at it as this sort of external threat coming to us. Mm-hmm. But do you ever find that it's maybe the threat is not coming from the outside, but it is coming from the inside, like what we do with the technology to ourselves? Do you find that? Oh, I, I think two things are going on there, Steve, that are really important for people to consider. Uh, first of all, you're you're absolutely right. What what are we doing with the technology? There's there's an internal aspect that we gotta that we have to think about, and alongside of that is also how am I perceiving this technology? Because that right. that is absolutely crucial. So let me give you an example. Uh, and this might surprise people who maybe are just just learning about AI and starting to maybe grow concerned over its abilities. But the algorithms that are being uh, used are, are not new. Many uh, many of these algorithms date back to the '70s and '80s. That was one of the things that really shocked me oh, wow. in my in my doctoral work. So I'm like, wow, these Since these the al- '70s, yeah, like these algorithms have been around for a while. But but yeah, we didn't have wow. the technology. A, the technology to run these algorithms as well as we can now. But then the bigger part actually was the data. We needed the information to process these these algorithms. And that's really what the the internet and the information age has provided for AI is the necessary data to crunch. And mm. now one of the ways that we that we started using this technology. And, and part of this was to do with people like Alan Turing. Uh, Alan Turing, um, you know, is like the father of modern computing and uh, and AI, as he contemplated aspects of you know what what it means to be human. And he, you know, proposed different things, such as you know machines playing games like chess or games like Go. And we're now in an age like it was a long time ago that that we had computers that could beat chess masters and and that could beat you know even a master Go player. But here's here's where it gets interesting. And here's the question: Did the computer 
or the algorithm beat the person, or did a person use a computer to beat a person? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. And how am I looking at AI? Is AI a tool or is AI its own thing? Is technology a tool or am I now kind of giving some sort of autonomy to that tool? Well, see, I think where, where I find people make, giving it an autonomy where, you know, coming back, back to D or you think about something like ChatGPT where they almost make it like this human-like experience. I think it's playing on the fa- on the back end of social media already where we've already lost this innate desire to connect or innate de- desire ability to connect except when we go online into our in our into our social worlds and so i i think there is an aspect of it where the technology has now become commercial but i think if you don't present it in such a way that makes it feel inviting and relational you won't get as many people what you got is these algorithms that can uh, sift through human chat, right? They can sift through human dialogue, and then they can yeah. mimic that that dialogue in really uh, effective ways. That you know can be really helpful, by the way. Sure. Because, like, for mm-hmm. example, when when you do a Google search these days, and you're asking, you know, you're searching for different, you know, questions. The, the algorithms are really effect, effective at yeah. going through different websites to find you the information uh, that you need. Yeah. And so that, that then, you know, is a perspective where you're looking at the machine or the algorithm as a tool. It is a tool mm-hmm. to help you versus, v- you know, viewing these things as, as a person. And I think that that's one level uh, where you're starting to see where you might look at it. Uh, a technology or an algorithm as a person. But I think one of the things that we're seeing more and more with AI is the outsourcing actually of our humanity. So not so much am I seeing this technology as a person, but I'm actually outsourcing humanity to that technology. And one of the ways I see that happening uh, Troy, that's in your wheelhouse, man, is with music right now. Yeah, in in a big, big way. I mean, for for listeners who don't haven't heard about this yet, there is now AI voice generating for popular recording artists that that has been going on. This young guy in Florida, he it was just this young guy in university in Florida got started playing with an AI program where he was able to mimic Drake, a uh, Toronto artist from, you know, from Canada and another artist from Toronto named The Weeknd. And he was able to create a mashup feature for them and it got released online and it blew up on TikTok, thousands and thousands of streams like overnight on Spotify. And everyone's sitting here, this is incredible. Like this sounds like them. And then they released a few more and people were really, really excited. Like these are good. Like, but the challenge then came in when people like Drake or The Weeknd or like, okay, well, we want to this taken down. And the number one way to get something taken down on Spotify or streaming platforms is copyright infringement. But then comes in the question, how am I copyright? How, can I copyright an AI? Can I copyright? Drake didn't write the lyrics. It's technically not Drake actually singing it. And so the lawsuit for that. Can I copyright my that, voice? Can I copyright my voice? Right. Because yeah. essentially the only angle that lawyers are looking at right now that they have is either one, well, I don't like this and I don't agree with it yet. And two is challenging of you're stealing my likeness. 
And that's really all they have to go off of, which is really, really challenging. This is where our laws are still catching up to all of these things, right? Because you see something very similar with um, AI generating visual art, Mm -hmm. right? Because what the AI is doing is taking all of the works that are out on the internet that have been done by people Mm -hmm. and then taking those things without their permission and then using the styles to create whatever you know what if we plugged in you know the verses from the book of revelation you might have seen that right you see the you know all all of the these images but these are all styles that have been created by other people so can you copyright the style and not not specifically the worst so there are all these like ethical implications that haven't been you know, uh, brought into the realm of law yet. And we're thinking through a lot of these things now. Yeah, and one, yeah. one of those, you know, Steve and I uh, came across an article recently where we were talking about this, where this gets, this gets, it gets dark real fast. Mm. It get, It's like, there's, there's black mirror. And then there, there's like oh. the, you know, black, black mirror. <laughs> the, the darkest of mirrors. Yeah, the darkest mirror. <laughs> uh, no, that's such a good point, Andy. That's such a good point. Uh, because if you haven't seen, by the way, uh, what we're talking about, there's there's a, a show that just talks about, you know, the the, the dark side of, of technology. And and it, this is something that, that has been debated, by the way, uh, ethically for a while now. Troy, you're talking about what is it to take somebody, the likeness of somebody's voice, but what is it to take yeah. the likeness of somebody's face or their mm. body? And so recently there was a, a lawsuit w- that started to to tackle this. But at any rate, you like, so somebody could take a picture of a friend or a friend's child and then using AI technology could create child pornography out of it, could create, you know, pornography out of it. I mean, it wouldn't take much to do it. If you can take, you know, the sound of music uh, and Meek, well, I don't know, what, what is her name? Does anybody remember? Julie Andrews. Yeah, Julie Andrews. Julie yeah. Andrews. And make her look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, <laughs> you you can take pornography and you could put somebody else's face on on that person. Or yeah. you could just take a person, you know, that that uh whoever it might be that you just grab off of social media or that you know. And it's like having somebody create curated pornography for you of whoever you want. Like I said, it gets real dark real quick. And ultimately what I'm saying is we're not necessarily looking at that AI or that, that image that we're creating as a person, uh, but we're definitely outsourcing our humanity. Uh, What are the implications when I start to treat somebody's voice in this way? Or when I start to treat somebody's face in this way or their likeness in these sorts of ways. Let let me give you a new one that just came out. Apple introduces new features for cognitive accessibility along with live speech, personal voice, and point and speak in magnifier. So to explain this, this iOS 17 hasn't been announced yet. But today, Apple previewed an accessibility feature that allows users at risk of losing their ability to speak to create a voice that sounds like them in 15 minutes. It integrates with FaceTime and phone calls. Wowza. Yeah. So essentially, when you get the new iOS 17, hasn't been rolled out yet, you will have the ability to plug in your voice 
Like you'll say a bunch of phrases and it can take your voice likeness and speak on your behalf. So if you were going to lose your voice and someone calls you, AI will generate what you're, will be able to generate your voice without you actually speaking. So now you think about that for in the, in the realm of theft, in the realm of fraud, it's already happening. I'm trying to figure out why I would want to use that feature. It's being said, if you're in risk of losing your voice, so say someone goes mute, right? So it's played to be, oh, that they're doing this wonderful thing, but you're like, how many of us are, are, I I guess if I'm like, dang, I'm getting laryngitis, I got to download, I got to get the news. (laughs) I need it. I I need it. I get this every year. This is true, by the way. Steve does need this. This is true. (laughs) There, there are a few it, things it, as consistent as Steve getting laryngitis once a year. <laughs> but you know, it's a I, holiday. It's a holiday now. <laughs> I've been, I've been thinking about it though. Um, just lately, as I'm thinking about my work and different things about finances and things like that, I thought, man, like, what would happen if I got into an accident and I can't mm. speak anymore? Right. Like I, I, that's, that's most of what I do with AC is thinking, writing, speaking, especially. Mm. Right. But what if I lose my voice and I can't speak anymore? That kind of technology could be actually very useful in that way. But I think there is a difference, right? Any piece of technology, including AI, there is a way in which you can use it therapeutically or to resolve a problem yeah. versus taking something that's perfectly fine. And then trying to go beyond all of that, right? So, so that that's why for me it's okay. It's one thing for me to use a telephone when I can't speak to my grandma who's on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. But if I had the choice, the, the telephone is only resolving a problem. I am detached from my grandmother, but. Wouldn't it be a little weird if my grandmother is right next door in the next room and I'm calling her on the telephone? That's like replacing her presence and humanity with the telephone. You you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's this difference between, again, is this technology a tool or is it outsourcing technology? humanity because i mean you could go deeper steve and just be like you know what my i don't really like grandma and i don't want to have a conversation with grandma so i just be like hey phone you know could you have a pleasant conversation with grandma (laughs) for me or do you by the way this is a new thing that's happening right now with ai uh that some people think is great i don't know how they think this is great but where you can now order handwritten cards to people uh, where the AI will will write the card for you, which, by the way, kind of happens in the Steiger house as it is. Uh, if my wife's listening to this, she knows how true this is. Whenever we write a card to somebody, okay, anybody listening to this, you ever get a card from the Steigers? Uh, it wasn't Nancy who wrote it. Is her handwriting, no doubt about that. My handwriting looks like a three-year-old. But it was, <laughs> my wife is like, she never knows what to write. So she's always like, Andy, what, what should I write? I'm like, okay, here we go. But what if now you're outsourcing that again to your computer, right? Because you're like, I don't know what to say to grandma. Computer, yeah. what what should I what should I write? And you're what I what you're losing is that human element between people. Yeah. It definitely makes me think that my my dad was onto something. 
I remember when self-checkouts were really starting to roll out and my dad was like, nope, not going to use the self-checkout. I was like, dad, what's wrong with you? It's so much faster. Like we can check out ourselves. I don't need to ask this little 18 year old who hates their job <laughs> to, to try and bag my groceries. And then they have to call over the more senior person anyway. And we're there for half an hour. My dad's like, no, because we can't, you can't give up on people. You can't, you got to stay connected with people. And we're just like, if we keep letting technology take over and he just would shake his head and be like, it, uh, it's just not good. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, okay, dad, you fast forward. What was that? 15 years ago? Not all that long ago. Now you got self-checkout lines everywhere. You got people that don't know how to interact. You have, you have some people that still have the, the pandemic hangover hmm. and you wonder why. AI is is being taken by storm because some people I just I don't I don't know how to interact with people anymore or I don't want to or maybe even worse I'm just not even thinking about it so okay like let's go mm. back to music for example Troy uh, I I think this is an aspect about music that people don't give enough thought to that when I listen to music I'm not just consuming a product I am participating in a human story. Right? Absolutely. This is somebody's heart. This is somebody's, you know, poetry. This is these are their ideas that I'm participating in versus AI creating something that is completely fake. Yeah. Like for example, just uh, you know, you can ask, you know, a chat bot or whatever. Uh, you know, what does the wind feel like? You know, what What does it feel like to be in love? Well, what is that algorithm going to do? Well, of course, it's going to go sift through what a bunch of people have said about it, and then it's going to synthesize it in a way that sounds like it's telling you the answer to that. But, I mean, that that's ultimately the kind of fake music that you would begin to listen to is computer-generated love stories or computer-generated uh, whatever, where, again, you're outsourcing your humanity. You're no longer connected to a person. You're connected to an algorithm. Yeah, I think one key thing that we have to think about in all of this is what is the difference between having technology like AI do things to replace what it is that you do versus you doing it yourself? Right. So we talk about this sort of thing in transhumanism, like especially in sports. Right. So what is the difference, for example, between you pumping yourself full of drugs to enhance your muscles and your cardiovascular performance versus you actually practicing by doing it to achieve that same effect? So we, we recognize a certain kind of nobility in that achieving excellence by the repeated uh, act of doing the thing itself. Yeah. Right, you doing it versus just tinkering with yourself well, to achieve that. May, uh, Steve, I think that this is challenging us to think more deeply about those things that we enjoy. So, for example, is playing the game of chess all about winning? Is it all about being the very best chess player? Because if if that's all it is, then computers are without question the grandmaster chess and and go players. But I find this interesting because it's been it's been quite a while now since, you know, Gary Kasparov was defeated uh, you know, by by an algorithm. But here's here's the thing, chess is still alive and well. 
in fact, it's very popular right now. People people love chess, and and I think in some ways we're seeing that people realize, okay, yeah, you can use a machine to play chess, and it's a it's a tool to to that that is very effective at it. But uh, chess is more than than just moves on a board. It's actually about a human interaction with another person as you're engaging in in a relationship via a game. Do you see, you see it again, what I'm saying It's you have to right. rethink what it is that we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah. I think you, you hit the nail on the head there, Andy. Um, as we're, as we're coming to the back end of this conversation, I think that right there is what relationship should be the lens in which we use AI and the difference between AI being a tool that can help our communities and a weapon that can be destructive is relationship. What is AI doing for to my relationship with, and start small, like my relationship with my spouse, with my kids. And then, you know, thinking thinking as a, as a speaker, as someone who preaches, as uh, us who do writing, and, you know, you got things like ChatGPT, where I could just write in, give me a three-part message about this, and ChatGPT is going to compile from the wide world of the internet. And I think, again, there's a tool component of it. But when you start removing, especially in our circles, the learning, the relationship with Jesus that happens in my study time, you know, as I'm reading about, I, I want to prepare a message on the Great Commission, and I start reading the word for myself as I'm preparing a message, then it attaches to my story as well. It attaches to my convictions. And that's something that AI can't do for you. Well, I mean that that's a whole that's a whole nother issue, isn't it? Well, if I mm. as a speaker or preacher, if I start using AI to synthesize sermons throughout history so that it can prepare the very best sermon, again, it's like, is that what this is about? Is it about creating the very best sermon? Or is this about a human connection between or you know, between me and, and God through his word and me and people in community? You know, we have to really start rethinking what what this is all about and what really matters, uh, that we're not outsourcing our humanity in the midst of this. I think there is a proper place for technology, including AI. Absolutely. You can um, help, again, solve a problem, but as soon as you start replacing people... Or yourself. Yeah. Where the end point is technology itself, I think we've... We got to be really careful with that. I think of it much like a calculator. I didn't get this until I was much, much later. I hated math growing up. Couldn't stand it. Was not great at it in high school. So I wanted the calculator that could do all the stuff, like the sin number, the all the uh, all the formulas and everything in there. And I would use it, and I would get all all the quizzes where I had to use the calculator. I'd get right, but then the ones where they say show your work, and I was always like. What, show my work. What do you mean? I I got the answer right. I have the answer. But the show your work has to do with you being able to teach somebody else. Show your work is also when a problem happens, say that calculator glitched out or say a situation that is usually running smoothly. When you need to troubleshoot, you have to be able to backtrack. Okay, where did this go wrong? You know, in a, in a vehicle, you got to be able to look, okay, well, this pipe was connected to this one. Let me Let me go backwards. And I think AI needs to be used in, in such a way that it becomes a tool, but don't forget to do the work behind it. 
right? Don't don't be afraid to be a part of that process. And maybe here's here this could be a, a good analogy, maybe to end on where we actually could use AI to demonstrate what it looks like then to to do the work and and particularly the work of follow you know loving God and loving people. Uh, yeah. I was I was using this illustration actually at the youth conference I was speaking at because I figured a lot of youth could relate with uh, learning to drive a car. That when mm. when we learn to drive a car, uh, you can't learn to do that by being in the back seat as a spectator. Uh, yeah. The only way to learn to drive is getting in the driver's seat, man. Get behind the wheel yeah, in the driver's seat. Yeah, and and the same thing's true of our faith. There's a lot of people who go, man, I don't I don't know about this whole God thing. I don't experience God like you do. And it's like, well, that's because you're a spectator in the back seat, man. Get behind the wheel and start start living with God. Start start driving, right? Start living with yeah. people, like. That that that's what it means, you know. To that's what discipleship looks like. It's that's right. it's to to drive. It's to walk. It's to to live with God. To live with people, and and in doing so, you learn how to drive. Right. And the fact yeah. is, you can't learn to drive any other way other than doing it. Uh, you know, I don't want to get too nerdy here, but that's how AI works. By the way, AI mm. is working off of a similar principle that is learning to drive by driving. Uh, it's, it's what's referred to as tacit knowledge. Uh, it's, mm. it's, it's silent knowledge where it's processing data and that's how cars learn to drive. Like they're it's, we call it machine learning. That doesn't mean it's yeah. a human. It's just using a similar process. Uh, but that's, that's how, that's how we work is we, we have to get behind the driver's seat and that's what it looks like to live in relationship with God in relationship with people, making sure that we're not outsourcing our humanity. Yeah, that's good. Well, thank you listeners so much for tuning into the AC podcast. This is a ministry of Apologetics Canada. And I will leave the caveat of no, AC is not against AI. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that clarification. But true to our slogan, we are for God and we are for people. We will not forsake either for technology. So make sure to like and subscribe to the AC Podcast on all of your favorite streaming platforms. If you can find an AI to do it for you, that'd be great. But it means more. It means more if you just press that subscribe yourself. We are on YouTube. And uh, until next time, join us next week when we find more things to think about. But you know the drill. Love God. Love people. Bye for now. Love God. Love people. 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 Love people.